Hey coaches, it's Luke. I wanted to take a few minutes to share a quick bonus episode with you this week. Um, If you haven't listened to episode 26 of the podcast yet with Coach Lynn Dunn, I'd really encourage you to give it a listen. It's chocked full of a ton of good ideas on accountability, leadership, and maximizing your practices. And that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes with you, is six tips to maximize your practices. I wrote a Twitter thread on this on Tuesday, and it did pretty well. There was a lot of engagement and responses from coaches. And really, these six tips came from either my conversation with Coach Dunn or a lot of the studying that I've been doing on my own and things I've been trying to implement in my coaching uh, that I've either picked up from books or other coaches that I've had the chance to interview on the podcast. So I just really quickly want to go through those six tips to maximize your practices with you today. And the first is planning. This sounds a bit redundant, but it's worth stating. We need to plan our practices. Is your practice planned, organized, and detailed? We need to design our practices to maximize reps for every athlete. Being thorough in our planning communicates a really important message to our athletes. It communicates that we care and that we're dedicated to our job and to the process of helping them improve. It would go a long way towards building trust with our players when they see our time and dedication that we put into developing them as athletes and also hopefully people. And so here are just a few suggestions of things to include on your practice plans. The first is the amount of time. I know practice doesn't always go perfectly, and sometimes we need to flex a little bit, but we should have a ballpark amount of time that we want to spend on different things throughout our practice. The second is a focus. What is the focus in that portion of your practice? Um, Some coaches like to call them a point of emphasis. Some call them points of precision. Whatever it is that you call it, that's great, but make sure you have a focus for that block of practice. The third, and this one is often neglected, is roles for coaches. Roles for coaches. You need to be clear about what coach is doing what during this part of practice. This goes a long way as well and just creating a culture where coaches feel valued. They know um, how they can bring value to a practice and what is expected of them in that time. I don't think there's anything worse than just seeing a bunch of coaches standing off to the side, not doing anything. Um, It just doesn't make them feel valued and it's just not maximizing the people and the time you have to improve your athletes. The next piece in your practice plan that you should include it should include is supplies. Like, what do you need for the drill um, or the game? Oftentimes, it's pretty simple, but it's worth just having notes of that on your practice plan so that you can be more efficient. And then the last piece that I recommend having on your practice plan is space to take notes. Um, often we neglect to do this as coaches, but on a practice plan, have some space off to the side where you can jot down notes about how it went. What do you need to tweak or change? the next practice if you're going to do that same drill or game again. So the first tip is plan your practices intentionally. The second tip is determine your team's 3-3-3. This is a tip that Coach Dunn shared in episode 26 of the podcast, and it's this. You need to determine the three things you want to be great at, the three things you want to be good at, and the three things you want to be average at. Then, your practices have to reflect those priorities. Those three things that you said you wanted to be great at as a team, you better be spending the majority of your time 
focusing on those things. If you say you want to be great at X, Y, and Z, but you don't spend time on those things, you won't be great at them. Make sure that your practice plan reflects your priorities. Practice time is precious. Choose wisely with how you spend it. It will also provide a ton of clarity for you and your staff about how to allocate time and what to do on each day of practice. So the second tip is determine your team's 333. And the third tip is move on. Move on. As coaches, we often have a tendency to say something like, we're not going to move on until we get this right. This usually isn't the best decision for a few reasons. The first is this. Um, If a drill or game isn't going well, our first response should be, man, I wonder why we're struggling. What do I need to do differently in my coaching or my teaching to ensure that my athletes learn what I want them to learn here? If a drill or game flops, that is okay. It happens to all of us. The best response is just to tell our athletes, hey guys, my fault here. This was poor planning or poor teaching on my part. Um, I'll adjust this and we'll come back to it tomorrow. Just reflect and adjust. Another reason why it's so important to move on is that our athletes usually really dislike it when we get into one of those states where we say something along the lines of, we're not moving on until we get this right. And usually when we do that, we're not in the best emotional state as coaches. Sometimes the best thing for everyone is just to move on, to reflect and adjust, come back to it tomorrow, tweak how you did it, figure out how you can improve it as the coach, and then revisit it later. So the third tip is move on. The fourth tip is review more often. Review more often. It's easy for coaches to forget to do this, but reviewing is essential for learning. We forget almost everything we learn, and the best way to fight forgetting is to review what we've been taught. Learning takes multiple repetitions and ample time to apply the ideas or skills. Athletes are not going to learn after just one exposure to a concept or skill. To improve your practices and your athletes' learning, insert a 10-15 to minute block of practice that reviews essential skills or concepts. Do this daily or every other day throughout your season to ensure that athletes are reviewing and getting more reps at those concepts that are the most essential. And another way to fight for getting and practice reviewing within the same practice is this concept called interleaving. And here's what interleaving is and why it's effective. Interleaving is when you work on A, then you go to B, then you go back to A. So as soon as you get your athletes working on B, they begin to forget what they did in A. But then when you bring them back to A, it forces them to retrieve the previous content. This concept of interleaving can be particularly powerful when it comes to reviewing for coaches in preseason practices when you don't have a lot of time to prepare your your team, or maybe you only get a couple practices a week with your team. I would encourage you to try interleaving your practices because what it does is it just forces them to forget and then recall the information. And that's a big piece of cementing those things in their long-term memory um, and really making sure that they've learned these things so hopefully they show up in the game. And if you want more information on interleaving, I'd encourage you to check out Doug Lamov's book, The Coach's Guide to Teaching. So tip number four is review more often. Tip number five, 
choose your top three drills. Coach Dunn asked this question in episode 26 of the podcast. If you could only take three drills to heaven, what would they be? Stop coming up with new drills. Choose three drills or games, then teach out of those. And here's why it's so beneficial. The first reason is it eliminates the time most coaches spend teaching new drills. Less time explaining something new means more time getting reps. When you introduce a new drill, athletes' working memory, the capacity of their brain to learn, is focused on learning the drill, not improving at a skill or decision. Here's another reason why you should choose your top three drills and stop introducing new ones. It creates faster transitions. Athletes already know the setup or structure of the game or drills that you've been using, so they can be ready to play much faster. Again, we'll maximize our reps. And the third piece is we can tweak those three drills or games. Once your athletes know those three drills or games, then just layer in new learning by making small adjustments to the games. You know, these are commonly referred to as constraints. And a few examples are, you know, giving an advantage or disadvantage to an athlete, um, limiting time, limiting space, adjusting the scoring. That's a really powerful one um, to change the emphasis within a game or drill that you use. So the fifth tip is choose your top three drills. Tip number six is keep score. The game is competitive. Our practices should be competitive. Keep score and compete in every drill possible. It will instantly raise the effort and intensity level in your practices. And it's also really powerful to keep track of winners and losers. It can be really helpful data for coaches and at certain levels for players. Anson Dorrance really popularized this idea as the competitive cauldron at the University of North Carolina. And J.P. Nerman has an excellent online course on the topic if you're looking to implement it. Keeping track of winners and losers is just a really powerful way for us to know how our athletes affect winning. And keeping score in those games is going to raise the intensity level of your practices. Again, the game is competitive. Our practices should be competitive. I don't know of a better way to prepare athletes for the ups and downs that come from games than actually playing games in practice. That's going to prepare them for the competition, is competing in our practices. So coaches, if you enjoyed those six tips, be thorough in your planning, determine your team's 3-3-3, move on, review more often, choose your top three drills, and keep score, I'd encourage you to check out episode 26 of the podcast with Coach Lynn Dunn. And if you enjoyed this episode or episode 26, please take a minute to give us a shout out on social media. I hope these six tips can help you improve your practices and help you and your team reach your potential. Thanks for listening.